last time. Mimi gets rid of the werewolf curse finally after the group defeats the master werewolf and his pack. But it came at the coast of Dave's longtime friend, Gerald, sacrificing him to the fight. After a day back in Shadybed, they say their goodbyes to Gerald. The three musketeers ride griffins and finally make it back to Westman. In Westman, they see the town is devastated and refugees are coming in from the north. They are coming in because Black Dragon not only destroyed Westman, it destroyed the Elven Kingdom. It destroyed Galaxy and Mimi's home. What is a zombie's favorite room in a house? The living room. Dungeons and Dragons and Daughters. All right, everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of Dungeons and Dragons and Daughters. We got rollerblades! She did. We are recording this after Christmas and before before New Year, so Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Happy New Year. And the girls got rollerblades, so they insist on wearing them while we're sitting down recording. I didn't want it. So I'm Kurt, I'm the Dungeon Master, and Daddy, Sam? I'm Mimi, and I'm Sam. Birdie? I am Captain America. Birdie's playing Captain America today. <laughs> and we've got a guest player with us today. Nula, hi. Hi. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Finally a girl. <laughs> da, da, da. And ah. she, instead of Dave, she's Deb. Deb. Yes. And so instead of Dave, it's going to be Deb for this episode because we are super duper creative with our character names. Yeah, like they rhyme almost. I, li- I like the simplicity of Deb, though. That that the name cracks me up. I think it's I think it's perfect for, especially with the way that Dave has been uh, portrayed as smart and dumb and drunk. I think I think Deb is a perfect fit. Deb's a good name for that. So Nula, you have no experience with this whatsoever. Zero. You don't know what this is about. No, nothing. So, have you followed along on a show? I haven't. I'm sorry to say I don't get a lot of time for podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Stranger Things season one when they're battling the Demogorgon in the yes. basement, yes. right? This that, is this is my Dungeons and Dragons experience. Okay, awesome. So that's that's one of the reasons why we like to record in the basement because the basement is the most appropriate place. <laughs> so Nula, in front of you, you've got a character sheet. That's Deb's character sheet that has all the details on Deb and her skills and what it is that she can do. And you've got dice and you've got you've got a pencil. So there are mechanics that are on there that tell you the kinds of skills that Deb has available to her. Uh, there's other things that are on there that you uh, that are attributed to combat, like there's an armor class up at the very top. It talks about how fast that she can move in, in a single phase. So these are all things that get worked into the mechanics as we get into particular situations. But I don't want you to have to worry about that stuff that much because we'll help you out with it. Um, and we'll edit around it so that we can keep the story flowing. So basically, you just need to just say what it is that, that you want to do, and then we'll reference the sheet when we need to, and we'll, we'll tell you what dice that you need to roll. <laughs> so one thing I always forget about when we have new players on is you've got a big pile of dice that's sitting mm-hmm. right there as well. So I keep forgetting that when I say a D10, you have no idea what that means. Yeah, absolutely no idea. Okay. So there is the six-sided dice is that's the cube that's the that's the kind of dice that 
everyone is used to growing up playing board games. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a six sider. So every other variation of that is another dice with a different number of sides to it. So they go all the way from a D4, which is only a four sider, all the way up to a D20. That's that one. Yep. The, the D20, one. yeah, the big, the big one. one. The D20, that's probably the dice that you will use the most in this game. We roll that for just about everything, and you've got all that extra other dice for other situations, but we will tell you when it is appropriate to roll those as all well. All you really need to remember is the cube, the 20-sider, and this one. The pyramid. One, wait, the pyramid thingy, the four-sider, I mean, and the eight-sided. Um, I'm confused already, yep. but that's we, okay. Yeah, we don't need to roll those yet, <laughs> and we will tell you when it is appropriate. <laughs> so, a couple of quick housekeeping items that I wanted to, to bring up. We got a couple of new reviews on iTunes of people listening to the podcast, and just wanted to do a quick shout out for these, real quick. So, the first one is Dungeons and Dragons of Daughters is like a kitten-shaped cupcake dipped in adorable and full of comforting hope for humanity. I listen to a lot of actual plays, and honestly, it's hard to commit to a new one, even if it's awesome. But the premise of a father playing with his daughters was enough for me to to charge into the breach once more. I'm glad I did. This show is exactly what you expect it to be. A charming tale of a family, fun, and adventure you should definitely give this show a try. We got I got another review since uh, since our last episode that I like this one a lot too. This is this is a great all around actual play five e podcast, family friendly, where they only kick people in the a. Literally, basically, that also sums up my review. They kick a. <laughs> I think I know what that is. Yes, yeah. yes, because this is a family friendly podcast. We do not swear. And Birdie almost did once in an episode. I just said and she, A. Yeah, and she just shortened it to to an A. She's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit him in the A. <laughs> so thank you, thank you for those those kind words. All right, so Nilla, quick quick recap. You it, mean Deb? Deb, Deb, I'm sorry. So Deb, uh, you are a, you are a halfling cleric of Mishakal. Smart. So throughout the adventuring, we we met up with with this group, this larger group of adventurers that are going around and trying to stop evil creatures uh, from around the world. And they call themselves the Musketeers. So the one thing that's interesting about this world is that this is that this world is a little bit of a combination of magic and technology. So for the most part, we're in fantasy medieval world, um, but we have come across a group of uh, musketeers that ha- have muskets. And then there's also um, another group of people that have laser guns and flying cars and a whole bunch of other stuff that are they're they're the Atlanteans. They're off on their own island of Atlantis, and we don't encounter them too often. But did you make those up too? Yes, yes. Oh, okay. So, so this world has a has an interesting combination of of fantasy and science fiction in it. Okay. From a history standpoint, um, because we did go through some uh, old ancient ruins that are thousands upon thousands of years old, and oh, they. I remember where we stopped. So, yeah, we'll get to that. Because I just stopped. We started to. I started talking with my old friend Bob. Right, right. So we're gonna get to that. <laughs> so we were exploring some old ancient ruins in the town that we're at right now. So the be so the title of this 
this is a particular adventure arc and this is kind of like what i consider like the last arc of like the first chapter of this story and I call this the end of the beginning because this is this town is where we started and we finally made ourselves made our way back here. But we left because we were exploring these old ancient high-tech ruins that transported us thousands of miles away. And that's where we met up with the musketeers and we've been spending 12 adventures trying to get back here. So the the ruins were like a time machine in and of themselves or what's, what's it's, the deal? How did they transport you? It, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Sorry. I literally, I know. We nothing. don't know. We don't know. We it's don't know. Like, it's it, technology or magic. We're not really sure. It's okay. just, you know, technology advanced Galaxy. enough. Okay. Is practically magic. So we met up with the musketeers. Uh-huh. We joined the musketeers because if we join, if you guys join the musketeers, they were going to help you get back here, back to Westman. And in return, we would you'd be musketeers, and then you would help them in their adventures and quests to fight evil creatures around the world. But on, so, but on top of that, we were trying to get back to Westman because we left um, accidentally while the town was being attacked by a giant ancient black dragon. Oh, that sounds scary. So we we got back to the town um, by Griffins. We flew in on Griffins that we borrowed from the, from the musketeers. We finally got back here. And the town is decimated. It's been destroyed. The dragon isn't here anymore. Um, but there's a lot of refugees, elven refugees, that are starting to stream into the town. Because last episode, we found out that after the dragon destroyed this town, it flew north and it destroyed the elven kingdom of Zelushaint, which is where... Mimi and Galaxy are from. Wait, after the sorry, who destroyed the town? The black dragon. After dead. the dragon. Oh, me and Birdie are royalty. Oh. Wait, cool. did did our family members die? You don't know. So the dragon destroyed your town and it destroyed the elves' town. So the elves have now made their way to right. where, where you are, but there's nothing there for them. There's nothing there for anyone. Well, so w- well, where we're at right now, they've started rebuilding the town. And so this, so this brings us up to date of where we're at right now. Okay. I glossed over a lot of details sure. and other stuff in there, but that, I think those are the, the most important broad strokes of the story. Okay. So we arrived back in the town, back into Westman. And people, it's been a couple of weeks since the dragon attack, but it, it destroyed most of the trees, most of the structures, and people have started trying to rebuild. But everything is under a lot of stress and a lot of pressure because there's just too many people. There's too many elves and refugees that are, are streaming into this little town. There's also a lot of human soldiers and knights that have come up from the south, and they are from the kingdom of Miam. And they're trying to help um, get the refugees organized and trying to get resources, but it still looks a lot it's a lot of chaos. Uh, there's just too many people that aren't enough resources and everyone looks dirty. Everyone looks tired. And Westman is a very good spot to be doing this because it technically, it, it exists in between the two kingdoms. It's, it's in kind of a neutral zone. So there's no, no one takes any offense to it. If like there's elves there, if there's humans there or dwarves or halflings. Um, so it's a very safe diplomatic area to be doing this sort of thing but the it does look like that they don't have enough resources no not enough food or water um and there's there's sick people that that and injured people that are that are laying around 
So this is where we are right now. This is where you're so you where you're at right now. Yes. Okay. I talked to my friend Bob. Yep, you talked to your friend Bob last time, and he was the one that told you about the dragon had destroyed Zeloshint. And that's the reason why all the elves are streaming into Westman but right we now. We never stopped talking. We never did. That's true. You did that's true. You were still in the middle of that conversation. And who's Bob? So so Bob <laughs> is Bob is a is a lazy name for a character. Is he's one of the elves. He's one of the refugees oh, okay. that she knew as a child that coming into town. Oh, okay. So we just named him Bob. And is that you then? Do you play that? Do yes. you play all these extraneous I, characters? I play all the other characters. Okay. You gotcha. play one character, I play everyone gotcha. else. Okay. It's all coming together. Okay. So all right, so so your question to Bob is How'd you get here? I I walked. All of you guys walked? Yeah. I mean, I know it's a, a far distance. We, we didn't have any other choice. The dragon destroyed everything. <laughs> are, we, are we to imagine ourselves here for this conversation? Yes. Oh, okay. So we could chime in too if we, Absolutely. Want, if we had questions? Absolutely, oh, yes. Oh, okay. Well, how are you feeling? I mean, that sounds miserable that a dragon destroyed it, your world. And Bob's here like, you are. Like, this is rough stuff. Bob says, yeah, I feel pretty miserable. This is this is rough stuff. Well, welcome to our little town, right? Right? It, yeah, welcome. We'll do what we can he to help you. It's awful for everyone, but we will do our best to make you feel welcome. Bob, Bob looks around, and he sees all the other refugees, and he sees the damage that's been done in this town, and he sees some of the human knights and, and other people that are going around trying to, to help injured people, and he says, it doesn't look like that there's much of a town here right now. Hmm. Well, there was. Welcome to our town that used to be a town, but now it's hmm. um, dragons. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> What's the deal with dragons? <laughs> Ruining everything. <laughs> so the three of you do see Greg. Do you remember Deputy Greg? He's he's running around and he's got an armful of blankets that he's handing out to people that that are coming in. Who's coming Greg? In. Uh, Greg was the deputy. Remember the last he time talked that, like it. He, he talked like this. <laughs> so he he hasn't spotted you yet, but he's it looks like that he's he's busy in helping get blankets and other supplies to the people that are coming and into the town. You said yes to dance with. That's right. You did dance with him in that I one episode. Is, is Greg an old friend from back in... No, no, no he's just he's just a uh, teenager that was a deputy in and this town. I like details. Yeah, um, yeah, keep going. Greg is... Did we know him when we all lived in that town together? So, is he a citizen of this little town? Other good questions. So you, the three of you are not actually from this town. Oh, so whoa. this was just a spot that the three of you were meeting up at because you hadn't seen each other for years. And you were meeting up to go on to go adventuring with each other because um, you had just uh, completed your training in being a cleric and you had received your magical mace of Mishakal. That's like that's like your symbol and your weapon of your goddess. And Galaxy had just graduated from be um, for becoming a wizard. And so you, the three of you were going to get together and go adventuring like you did years ago. Um, and celebrate. And celebrate. Oh. And this is where this is the town where you guys first met. So you knew some of the people from years ago, but you're not from here. Okay. And the town does hold uh, a nostalgic little place in your heart because of that. Gotcha. 
Okay. Um, so you so see, so you see Greg, and he's he's running around handing out blankets and supplies to people. And a knight on horseback, he, you could tell normally he would be very impressive looking, but his his plate armor is dirty and grimy, and he looks tired. He's got bags under his eyes. Um, and it looks like that he hasn't bathed in a while. So it looks like he's been working very, very hard. But he's still impressive looking on, on his armored horse. He's got a sword on his hip and he's got a shield on his back. And he rides up on his horse. And he says, you three, what are you just standing around? Uh, what do you mean just standing around? You're just standing there. There's plenty to be done around here. Why aren't you helping? Well, what is there to be Who are you reporting to? Who's your commander? We are the musketeers. What? What's a musketeer? <laughs> You're joking, right? I don't know what a musketeer is. You don't know what a musketeer is? <laughs> he, gi- he gives you an odd look, and he gets off of his horse, and he yells out, Greg! Oh. And you hear this, Yes, sir, coming! <laughs> and Greg comes running over, and he grabs the, the reins of, of, of his horse. And the, and the knight takes three long strides towards you and stands in front of the three of you. He puts his hands on his hips. He's like, who are you people? We're the musketeers. Yes, I, I got that. <laughs> so, are you from Zeloshint? Are you refugees? Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, well, we're from... Well, I'm from the... Uh, well, me and my cousin are from the uh, Elf, Elf Kingdom. Okay. And we were um, here when that happened. We were here when the dragon was um, here. And, and we Westman. went up to, uh, we were in the ruins, and we saw, we were going to f- see if any way, to, if there's any way out of the ruins or something. You've been inside the ruins? Yes. Mm-hmm. I've got a job for you then. If you're not, you're just standing around. Well, you could try and be helpful with okay. everything that's going on right okay, now. Okay, we, we accept. Just wait. Back you tell. <laughs> <laughs> you you could tell that this this knight um, is used to people just doing what he says. I will do it. No thanks. We're good. <laughs> Galaxy. We're good where we are. Greg, Greg speaks up. Sir, Sir Carter, uh, they, they need your they need your help over in the in the medical tents. There's some some people that need to be healed. Excuse me, but like, what were you gonna sign up? Like, what is the job you have for us? And he holds up his hand in front of you. And he says, "Greg, tell them I'll be there in just a moment." So so Greg goes running off with 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 Sir Sir Carter's horse, Sir Carter. and he he pulls his helmet off. And he has it tucked under his arm. And he's like, I am, I'm Wyatt Carter. You can call me Wyatt, but everyone insists on calling me Sir Carter for, for whatever reason. But Wyatt? Yes, Wyatt. I'm Mimi. And you are? I'm Captain America you're not, today. No, you're, you're not Captain I'm America. Mimi you're not Captain America right I'm now. Mimi. Mimi, Galaxy, and Depp. And did I hear you say earlier that you two are cousins? Yes. Yes. And am I just your pal kind of along for the ride? Yep. Is that right? Okay. Yep. So you were here when the when the dragon first attacked. Yes. And yes. You've, and you've been to the ruins. Yes. Yes, sir. Well, where I we was. need your help because Guy went into those ruins trying to find resources. Yes, we know Guy. 
You know, God, perfect. And you know the ruins. This is the perfect job for you. I need you to go into those ruins and get Guy back. Why? Has he gone missing? Yes, he's been missing for a couple days now. He'll be... Wait, did he get attacked um, by a vampire? We don't know what happened to do him. You think it's a, do you think it's a big loss? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have much of a life. Wyatt looks at you with a perplexed look on his face. He, d- he doesn't quite know what to, to make of that. He's like, I, I do not know Guy very well, but he was a, he seemed like a good guy. <laughs> and Listen he was here. doing everything that he could to help this town and the people okay, that were coming in. Okay, we're going, we're going. Listen, we're sir, why, yeah, 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 yeah. you have to come. They need me here. Okay, well. I'm sending the three of you because it looks like you have nothing better to do. <laughs> a practical question, though. If we go back in there, do we not risk again being transported back thousands of miles away? The same thing that happened before? The The way that we got transported before is that um, we had stepped onto this glowing, mechanical, hovering disc. Is it a hoverboard? No, it's not a hoverboard. <laughs> so... As long as you don't do that again, you won't be transported thousands of miles away. Gotcha. But there are going to be some risks in going back into uh, these ancient ruins because there were some skeletons and some vampires that we had ran into the last time that we were down there. Do vampires drink the blood of non-humans? Yes. Oh, okay. You just have to be alive and they will drink your blood. And historically speaking, have these three been good Samaritans throughout the episodes i mean are we the kind of people that would actually want to go help someone out yes one of the main reasons why we were trying to get back to this town back to westman is because we did want to try and save the people that were in it and we wanted to see if there's anything that we could do about the black dragon so now that we're finally back going into the ruins again and and trying to save guy would be in line with that okay um well, Deb is all in. Okay. I'm just saying it. If we came here to help people, we got to go in. I'm with you. As soon okay. as you say, okay, I'm all in, then Wyatt takes that as confirmation that you're all going. And We're he's all like, in. He goes, excellent. And he puts his helmet back on his head and he strides off in the direction that Greg went with his horse. And then we go to the ruins. So you walk through town. And the scene is pretty much as I described before, is that there's everything has been destroyed. There's lots of lots of people that are running around um, trying to get supplies to the refugees. And there's a lot of refugees. Um, people, they look sick. They look tired. They look dirty. Uh, they look hungry. And so as you go through town, you see a couple of faces that you kind of recognize from last time that we were here. But it's hard to tell because they're so covered in, in filth and grime. And it's, no one is in great shape right now. But you make your way through the town, you get to the shelter because the town was using these old ruins as a kind of storm shelter. And so that's where all the townsfolk had gathered when the dragon had attacked. So you go into it, looks very much the same that it did before. Um, only this time the torches have not been lit on the wall. So it's very dark as we go in. So we have night vision. 
Yep, elves have night vision, but oh. Deb does not. As a halfling, you can't see in the dark I like elves can. I my dancing lights spell so oh. she can see it. Okay. Plus, I'm probably drunk, right? <laughs> That's up to you. That's oh, up to it's you. up to me. It, it is late afternoon. Okay. Well, she, she had a couple just to take the edge off. I right. mean, it sounds like a pretty intense situation, so... There's no torches, but she, but Mimi casts Dancing Lights. This is a spell that she has that causes us to be surrounded by four floating pools of light that follow us around. So you can see just fine in the dark. And last time that we were here, we went further into the ruins than any of the townsfolk were willing to go because they were very superstitious about, about going further in. And we went so far into the ruins that the ruins actually changed. It looked like that the... the the ancient ruins that we were in that the town was using as a shelter was actually built on top of old, even older ruins. Mm. And then once we got through those, it looked like that's when we started getting into the all metal ruins. So this is where we think that we found ruins of what we call the ancients. So this was a group or a society that was so advanced in technology and magic that the wonders and miracles that they've been able to, to create and produce have never been duplicated since. Um, where's our ponies? Um, your ponies are not at the town yet. They are on their way because we flew into town on griffins and those are much faster than what the ponies can do. I miss Tiny Ginger. Yep, Tiny Ginger is the name of her pony. <laughs> I miss Bacon. Yep, her pony is named Bacon. Does Deb have a pony? Or uh, yes. No? Uh, Amaretto is the name oh. of your pony. <laughs> Appropriate. <laughs> so you get through the ruins and you get back to that hole that leads down into the metal hallway. Do you remember this part from last time yeah. that we were here? And the rope is still there that we used to climb down last time. So it, it was only a 20 foot drop. If you remember from last time, but there, but there is a rope that's there. So we're but Nula, we're gonna get, have you do. Um, but when I get to the floor, I think I'm so. No, you're not there yet. You're not there yet. You're not there yet. Because so Nula, we're gonna have you do your first dice roll in Dungeons oh. and Dragons. So this is this is gonna be a fairly simple dice roll because we're gonna check to see if you can climb down the rope the 20 feet, and so it's just gonna be a simple athletics check. But um, because you have done this before. I'm going to give you advantage on it. So what that means is that you roll a 20-sider twice, okay. and you pick the higher of the two numbers. On your character sheets, there's a set of skills there, and towards the top there should be athletics yes. listed. I what number do you have in there? I, got, I have a Daddy, zero. You have a zero, Daddy, okay. I have an 11 versus a 21. So, so that means that you don't get any bonuses to your athletics roll. So you just roll the d20 twice. And pick the higher of the two numbers, and then tell me what that number is. I got 17. So there's a 14 and an 11. Daddy, I had a natural 20, and then I add one to it. I got 18 and a 16. Okay. I got 11 plus a 21. So my higher one was a 14. Your highest? Okay, it was a 14. Okay, yes. so all of you did well enough to, to climb climb down the rope but without I, a problem. I did it so elegant. Last time, one of them fell off of the <laughs> off of the rope and, I think and that hit the was ground. Dave. Was it? I think. It, it, I think. No, it, that would have been Deb. It sounds oh, like Deb. Deb. That's, so like, Deb. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's so Deb. That's so Deb. So with the mechanics in Dungeons and Dragons, you roll a dice and you tell me what the number is, and then I tell you if it's successful or not. Okay. So when I create these situations, I come up with a number that you have to roll oh, above okay. for you to be successful or not. So the three of you climb down 
and your feet touch down onto the metal flooring, and you are surrounded by the metal walls. And one thing that looks different this time around is that there is a lot more footprints in the dust. Because last time that we were here, you were the only ones leaving footmarks in the dust because no one else had been in, been this far into these ruins for a very, very long time. But now it looks like that there is lots of footprints. Like someone's been coming in here and walking around and doing some exploring. Maybe like, it's Guy. Yeah. So I want the three of you to roll a perception check. So I have a total of 13. 13? 15. Okay. You got a what? 12. 12? And Bertie, what did you get? A 15. You got a 15. Okay. Galaxy, you're the only one that sees this, but painted on the wall is a red arrow that points down the hallway in a particular direction. Look! Okay. I meant that way. So Galaxy draws your attention to it because she was the only one that noticed it and she says, look at that. And then so now the two of you see the big red arrow that's been painted on the wall as well. What? Is it? It's an arrow. I think it's a <laughs> peanut butter jelly sandwich. It is not a peanut butter jelly sandwich. I but think it's maybe a- there's a sandwich on the other side of the arrow. Oh. Let's go find out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's yeah. follow it. So, but I'm kind of freaking out, so I'll just kind of go. All right, you, go, you walk down the hall. You go in the direction that the arrow pointed in, and then you come to a cross section. There's another arrow that's been painted on the floor that points to the left. You're going uh, yeah, to keep following I mean, say, Okay, We're in here, right? We're, we came for Guy. Let's do it. Yep. Guy, Guy, Guy. So you follow that arrow to the left, and you come to another intersection, and there are three arrows that have been painted on the floor here, but two of them have been scribbled over. Hmm. Sounds fishy. And one, there's they they all look like that they were painted by the same person because they're all in the same paint in the in the same style but two of them scribbled over and one arrow is pointing straight ahead maybe they made a mistake so well to, to be clear one was pointing to the left one was pointing to the right and both of those were scribbled out and then there's an arrow that points straight ahead is that straight like what do you think do we go straight or do we take one of these scribbled out lines we have to go super straight no. <laughs> that's a straight super, super straight. straight no <laughs> curves all right so you you go straight And you come to, actually, before we get to that, I want the three of you to roll another perception check. Is that the 20? The 20 again. I got a 10. Ooh, I got a 21. You did? Okay. So you're walking along, and Deb, you're the only one that notices this. I got 16. Yep, I know. I know, but that's not good enough for you to notice that. Hmm. Deb, you know that you're the only one of the group that notices this. And you realize... We're in the same hall that we had walked down last time that we were here. And you noticed that to your right, there is a door that leads into another room that's open. And this is the room that had a frozen vampire in it. So when we were here last time, we walked by this room and you could just see inside. And it was a frozen vampire like he'd been frozen in time. And now this door is wide open and that vampire is gone. Oh. That's scary. Oh, was that a swear? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, say darn. Dang. dang. That's a little scary. You just say D. D. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. So 
uh, this is a little terrifying. Yes. I'm going to be honest. Like, do I tell them or what's going on? It's, a, it's up to you. Oh, okay. Well, I figure strength in numbers. So, hey, guys, there used to be a vampire there and now it's it's gone. <laughs> do we have some options over what to do now? Like, do we backtrack or what's what's the... You can do whatever you want. I'm going to go take a little pick. Into that room, you mean? You're going to go into the room? room. Uh, you're on your own for that one. <laughs> <laughs> We're waiting in the hall, right? Well, I don't go in the room. I just peek in the window. The, no, the door is wide open. But I just peek through the door. You peek through the door? Okay. Roll a perception check again for me, please. Hope she gets a two. All of us are just... I just her because she's meaning. the one. I she's got an 18. You got an 18? Oh. Okay. So you peek your head in the door. And you see... You don't see a vampire. The room is mostly empty except for right around the corners of the door you see some dead bodies did one look like guys oh good question you shouldn't be asking that because you're not looking oh. but that's okay <laughs> she, Sam, it. yeah Sam or Mimi is the only one that's poked her head in and is looking around Sam asked the question so they so what did you get on your perception check again I got nineteen. Nineteen? Eighteen. Oh, eighteen. Okay, that was pretty good. So so some more some more details that, that you that you see on these these dead bodies is that it looks like that they have some armor and some equipment on them that looks very similar to the armor and equipment that Doc and Ian wear. So do you know what that means? That some musketeers probably came down here. Not musketeers. Do you want to roll an insight check for me? Yes. Because then I can, rather than figuring it out on your own, this gives you a chance to, for your for Mimi to figure it out. I got an eight. You got an eight? Okay. So, so yeah, so you see some soldiers down there, and they are wearing similar armor to what Doc and Ian wear. Um, you also see a lot of, they look like little gold cylinders that are scattered around these bodies and you've never seen these before so but there's there's probably four of these bodies that that are on the ground and they they look like that they you can tell that they've got slash marks on them it's like someone had had killed these people fairly recently i pick a cylinder okay you'd have to go into the room to do that I'm not going. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can so we? I, did I go back and push Galaxy in the room? <laughs> no! <laughs> did I push her in the room again? I was actually going to ask if we could coerce each other. Like, could we actually have a conversation where I, I say, well, come on, you're you're already sticking your head in the door. I think you should actually go for it. So Why don't you? Not, not against other... That's a little dumb, remember? Not, a, not against other players. Like, you oh, okay. could, you could, like... Actually, try and convince someone. You know, you're the best person to go in there, but they ultimately had the decision for it. Now, if we had another character that was with the group that I was playing, that's what we call a NPC, a non-player character. You could roll like a persuasion skill check against them, and if you were successful enough, you could talk someone else to do something for you. Okay. Just you can only do that on the the other non-player characters okay. in the world. Do we risk death? Could these characters die? Yes. Oh, so going so there's a real I no, mean it's a fatal if, um, risk. If someone Well, it's like, just someone it's just going us, going into a room. If but some, if we 
we have to get three laws and then we die. Right. There's there's certain mechanics around death. Um, so that that's where hit points come in at the top of your sheet. That's how many hit points. That's how much damage that your character can take before she dies. Okay. Um, Is this... Well, not die, but... Oh, so the points work in my favor? Correct. Oh, okay. How that... many do you guys have? I want to do a hit points check. I have 22. 22? <laughs> I have like... I think 34 okay. I think yeah well you know what I'm going in if, if they if they're not going into that room I'm going right. in. I need to know so I should also point out that your armor class up above your hit points it looks like a little shield oh yes this is 19 yes. right so so Deb she is she's kind of a, li- a little tank okay. in that she's got she wears a thick metal breastplate armor and she's very spry as well as a, as a halfling, so that makes it very difficult for her to be hit. So that a nineteen spry alcoholic. Yes, yes. Just confirming. She, you know, it's all that that weaving that goes <laughs> right. into it. So what that nineteen means is that someone has to roll a nineteen in order to hit you. Oh, okay. So that makes it very difficult for for people to hit you because right. because you're spry and you're little and you've got this armor on. It's it's very difficult for people to actually hit you. Okay, I, I'm going in. If you're both. You're both out. You're not yep. doing it. Okay. Just in case they kill you. So okay. we're going to be right and that's, there. That's, okay. that's very much in. in keeping with being a halfling because halflings are naturally brave, even though that they're these three foot tall little creatures going out into the world. Yeah, they're extremely brave. OK, well, I'm going in and I'm picking up one of those gold cylinders. OK, just FYI. I thought they're silver. Nope, they're gold. All right. So you. Yep. You go in. Mm-hmm. Nothing. In there. Nothing happens. Oh. But you see what she saw. You see the, the four bodies. Um, on the ground, and there's dozens of these gold cylinders sprayed across the ground around these bodies. How big are they? Um, they're the so size of the soda can. No, not that big. They're they're very tiny. They're only they're only about an inch long, and then maybe a, like this. Yeah, or, yeah, about that size. Yeah, about the size of a dice. But it's a but it's a cylinder. Solid gold. Once you get a closer look at it, it's more brass than it oh, is gold. Okay. I'm taking them anyway. I'm filling my pockets. Okay. We're gonna get rich. We're gonna get a man. <laughs> so you just that's the goal here. So you, you yeah, just, I'm stocking up. Okay, a, cu- a couple of them have dried blood on them. Yeah. We're taking them anyway. Okay, we're we're on a mission, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, so you walk back out of the room. You got a pocket full of these brass cylinder metal things, mm-hmm. and you continue going down the hallway. I'm assuming in the direction that the arrow had had pointed you to. And you come to a, another door. This one is a sealed door. And it's got a electronic keypad on it, and it seems to have another kind of like plate above it that's got power, and it's and it's shining on there. Uh, is it like a window through? The, like it's uh, not a window. But like, is it all like? Is there something you can look through through the door? Mm-mm. Nope. <gasps> that reminds me. I remember when Deb slash Dave went was thinking of. Do, do, like just got the keys going. Do, 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 just going just anywhere. That's right. La- last time that we were here, Deb had randomly punched numbers in on a keypad and opened a door by accident. Uh-huh. Do you want to try doing that again? What do you think? Team? Yeah. Can I do, do it? it? I want to do mm. it. So you, yep. You walk up. Beep, 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 beep. And I want to try opening it. Okay. No, well, so you hit the buttons, and while you're hitting the buttons, you hear a robotic voice come out of the keypad. That like says, hello. "No, it says, <laughs> Solver." What? 
and you hear some beeping. Is that a language we know, or is everyone as confused as us? No one, no one knows this oh. language. I can read it, but I can't hear it. And after, and after you said that, you hear some beeping and some whirling, some processing is happening, and then you hear, Hello! Welcome to the rapid transport system that will bring people quickly to the location known as the Zilushint Kingdom. By your greeting, we have determined that you speak common. If this is incorrect, please speak in your preferred language. Do you wish to continue? Yes. Excellent! Please keep in mind that this transport has a break in its transport tubes and will not be able to bring you to the end and final destination. This rapid transport system has been pro- has been programmed with some security protocols. Please solve the puzzle in order to proceed. If you do not solve the puzzle correctly, security protocols will be enacted. And up on the screen, this is going to be difficult in a podcast format. Here, pass these down. Sudoku! I, so you see, you see this grid. It's a it's a three by three grid. It's a Sudoku puzzle that appears on the screen. And girls, have you ever done one of these puzzles no. before? Okay. Uh, kind of, but all the number numbers are a little different. Yep. So again, repeating what the what the voice from the keypad had said: If you do not solve the puzzle correctly, security protocols will be enacted. So what does that mean? You're not really sure, but it's basically if you get the puzzle wrong, something bad's going to happen. Sounds scary. So the way that so Nula, um, you'll be able to solve this one pretty quickly. So I'd, I I'd like to give them a chance At least first. That's what you think. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I have okay. actually no idea. So the way that these puzzles work is that on every row and every column, it has to be a one, a two, and a three. No repeats on a row or a column. And just based off of the numbers that are filled in there, so you've got a three in the lower left-hand corner, and you've got a two in the upper right-hand corner on a three-by-three grid. And you have to figure out with just those numbers and knowing the rules that every row has to have one, two, three, and every column has to have one, two, three, then you have to figure it out. And they all have to have the same answer? They don't have to be in order. Okay. Have to be the same answer? doesn't have to be the same answer. They don't have to be in numeric order. It's just every row has to have a one, a two, and a three, and every column has to have a one, a two, and a three. Okay, this is going to be... And feel free to work together on this. Done. That looks right. And Birdie's almost there, too. Uh, for real? I don't know what I'm doing. You're on the, you're on the right track there. Okay, so let me see. You yep, got you got it. You both got it. Awesome. So both of you come to the answer at about the same time. So Mimi, because you, you did technically finish it first, you you walk up and you punch those numbers into the keypad on the grid. And the door opens up and flickering lights start to come on inside the room. And inside, you see a silver tube and a door opens up on it and inside more lights come on who's going first not me you haven't done it so so to be clear there's there's a room that you can go into and then inside that room is another large silver tube that also had a door open up that would allow you to go inside how many people can fit in it it's huge it's the size of this room oh then we're all going yeah at the same time yeah all three of you can easily fit into it and so uh, also, sleep in, it. in this silver tube, you see that there is a long, dark tunnel that leads out behind it and a long, dark tunnel that leads out in front of it. 
and there seems to be a metal i wouldn't say a track but it's like a metal line that runs down the middle of the these big long dark tunnels so what do you do i just walk okay and then you're gonna get on the tube yes We've come this far. Okay. We got to go for it. Yeah, we got to. All right. Um, The three of you, I want you to roll another perception check for me. Six. A six? Okay. Five plus, I got an eight. You got an eight? Okay. I only got 11. An 11? Okay. 11's good enough. 11's good enough. So walking. I'm horrible. Walking into the room, as you're about to go on to the tube, you do see that there's another red arrow that's been painted on the floor Hmm. pointing towards the silver tube. I thought we were already on there. Hold on a second. So we, we just we're we walked that direction. Yep. You okay. walked into the room about to get onto the silver tube. And as you're walking there, you do notice that there's another red arrow that's been painted on the floor pointing to the silver tube. Okay. So we're still going in the direction that the arrows have been leading us on. Do you think these arrows have been good for us so far or any input, pals? Um I certainly I kinda think that they are something that we wouldn't be able to figure out like what they mean but then when if someone did we'd be like oh (laughs) so you don't think someone has purpose like my my thoughts are just going to okay either someone's helping us or they could be leading us to our collective deaths i think they're helpless i think we're gonna die (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so what do we do Hang out for a bit or what? Yeah. Um, so let's just keep You walking. can do that if you wanted to. If you just want to hang out and see if anything happens, you, okay. you can certainly do that. Okay, let's do it. So you're going to like sit down, maybe just talk over, have a have oh. a short rest type of thing? And... Oh, um, Deb's been like a risk taker this whole time, so I Deb wants to just go for it. All right, so you finally resolve to get onto the silver tube. And, just, and as you stand up, that's when you hear... You hear some commotion coming from the hallway. And you hear this. That doesn't sound good. I've loved you all. (laughs) I didn't like I didn't like you. Good riddance. That's your cousin. I know I did. If we're gonna die to tell you I didn't like you. Yeah, get it all out now. That's rude. So you so you all get to your feet. Resolving to finally get onto the silver tube. And as you walk towards that's when you hear that that growling sound. I thought it and, was just like Or that the or the gasp or however you want to describe it, yes. And you look at the silver tube, the door is still open with the lights on inside, and you look back at the open door to this room, and there are two skeletons standing there that are starting to enter into the room. Oh wait, so skeletons are not just like bags of bones. This is like a living. It's animated skeletons Ooh. that looks like that they have violent intent towards okay. you. Okay, that sounds awful. And where were they inside the room they're, that we were, were going into? They were, they were about to enter the room that you're in right now. Oh, so, so we better run for that silver tube. Right. So let's. So this is where we're going to do what's called initiative. So this is where we roll to see who gets to go first. So we fight. Right. Match nineteen. Okay, Mimi got a 19. 19! 19, okay. So Mimi and Galaxy got a 19. Deb got a 6. 
And the skeleton's got a 17, so Deb gets to go last. Ooh. All right. We got to re-roll. Okay, so Galaxy, you get to go first. What are you going to do? Okay. Mage hand. Crush him into balls. You can't use mage hand like that. <laughs> mage hand? Mage hand. Mage hand. It's the spell she tries to attack with every single episode. Yeah. Galaxy, you're going to shoot out magic missile at the two skeletons. Okay. So what so you're going to do magic missile at level 1, you said? Yes. Okay. So that hits automatically, so roll the damage for your magic missile at level right, 1. 5. 5. 2. And one more? Yep. And 5. 5. So 12. Okay. So you shoot out 3 Magical darts of magic missile, and all three of them slam into one of the skeletons, and that and it shatters a bunch of its ribs. It takes off one of its legs, but it still has this weird-looking spear thing in its hands. So, but it's hopping around on one foot right now as it's as it's coming towards us. And I, I should point out that these these skeletons they look very similar to the skeletons that you fought last time that we were in these ruins and they're holding those same kind of weird weapons that look like weird um bulky spears but now since you've joined the musketeers you get the feeling that those are ancient guns that these skeletons are carrying so just wanted to point that out you didn't know what these objects were before that they were that they were carrying but now that you've been exposed to muskets and things like that, you kind of get the impression that these are another kind of old gun that the skeletons have. Mimi, it is your turn. What are you going to do? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to shoot the one that Birdie didn't, Galaxy didn't hit. Okay, what are you going to shoot it with? Flaming Sphere. Flaming Sphere? Okay. It's my favorite. Do you lose anything by casting a spell? Does it cost you? Yes. Yes. So they have, you have a certain amount of spell slots available to you each day. So, and once you run out of those spell slots, you can't cast any more spells until after you've slept for a number of hours. Um, so the creatures, they must roll. So you cast Flaming Sphere. So you hold out your hands, and this ball of fire appears out of the air and flies towards the skeletons in the doorway. And so they get to roll a dexterity saving throw. And they do make their dexterity saving throw, so they only take half damage. Roll 2d6 for the damage. I agree, Seven? Okay. So the the skeletons, um, even though that they... Uh, one's missing a leg. Um, they were unusually agile in getting out of the way. So they only took a little bit of damage from, from that flaming spear that you cast at them. So the skeletons are going to run into the room now and attack you guys. And so let's, I'm going to do this randomly. And Galaxy, they are going to attack you. And... Ice cream cake! <laughs> so the one... Oh, you forgot to do that last time. Okay. Yep, I'll let, you, I'll let you do that now. She's got this magical shield that she carries on her back that when she yells the magical phrase, ice cream cake, the shield jumps off of her back and hovers in front of her and protects her from, from attacks. And she, she forgot to do that interaction, but I, I will let her do it now because she remembered before anything actually happened. No, I can do it whenever I want. So, so the skeleton, the, it's the one-legged skeleton that hops over towards you and it looks like it's about to stab you with its spear. Ice cream! 
it, as it's about to stab you, it forgets that it's missing its other leg and falls to the ground and, and the bones shatter and fall apart and the skull rolls and comes to a stop looking up at you. And Deb, the other skeleton, charges over at you with its spear, and it tries to stab you in the head, but you duck out of the way easily. Okay. So now it's your turn. Oh, okay. And which one do I roll? Well, what is it that you want oh. to do? Well, you said I have this thing that I can use all the time, Yep, right? your mace. Yep. So I'm uh, just going to go for it. Yep. Roll a, roll a d20, and there should be the mace, I think, is one of the first ones that's written in there. Right, so it'll be 19 total. 19? Yeah. Okay, so you do hit it. So what is the damage that you do with, with your mace? Oh, it's only a one. All right. And then what do you add to it? Uh, four. Four. Okay, so you did five points of damage to that. Mm. Galaxy, it's your turn. Okay. Melf's acid arrow. Melf's acid arrow? I should save it, actually. Yeah. These are pretty easy. Do you, you want to just do another magic missile, then? Yeah, level one. It's okay. just fine. All right. Okay. Roll the damage for, for your magic missile, then. So you shoot out three magical darts from your magic missile again, and they slam into the skeleton, breaking its spine, hitting it in the skull, and knocking out one of its legs, and it falls to the ground, shattering and turning into into dust. Are they all dead? Nice yep. Work. Yep, you killed all of them. Well, I mostly killed them all. Okay, so you, so you destroy the skeletons. The silver tube is still waiting there with its door open. So you, the three of you all quickly get onto the silver tube and you hear that voice again that comes on that says, welcome to the rapid transport system. And thank you, misunderstanding voice. And the doors close behind you and a couple of moments happen. A couple of moments go by and nothing happens. Then you hear this kind of, this buildup of energy, this whirling that spins up. And it's very weird because you don't feel anything, but all of a sudden looking at, there's wind, once you got inside the silver tube, you can look out and there's windows on either side of the tube that weren't visible from the outside. So you can see back into the room, onto the platform where the skeletons are that you turned in the dust and destroyed. And that view just disappears. It shoots by in a flash. Like the tube has started moving very, very fast, but you don't feel anything inside the tube, which like, is... Like Star Wars, like when it goes, eh, but kind but you don't Right, it's it. almost like, yeah, when they go into, into hyperspace and all the stars streak by because you're going so fast, it's kind of like that. But you don't feel anything inside this tube. It's just like, it doesn't feel like anything's happening except for maybe a kind of a low vibration but that you can feel the through hyper, the floor. Everything is flying by the windows very, very, very fast. But you don't hear anything coming from from outside. Um, you just feel this very low hum that's coming from from the bottom of the of this. So for so this, I mean, I'm, I'm going to stop referring to this thing as a silver tube now. It's like I want to just call this thing a train. So this train, this train is is transporting you from one location to another at a very fast rate. There are some displays that are inside, but for the most part, it's just it's just seats and glass that's inside this this train. But towards the front of it, you do see some numbers that are popping up, and the numbers are going up in in count. And it's hard to tell if this is measuring the speed of the train or if this is giving a readout of how far you have gone. But the numbers keep keep going up, and eventually, after about twenty minutes or so, 
the images outside the windows start to slow down. And eventually the train comes to a stop and he hears... We were in a choo-choo train. So the door opens the door opens up and it opens not onto another room or a platform, it opens up into a dark kind of like crevice or opening in rock. And you hear that voice come on again. And it says, Please keep in mind that this transport has a break in its transport tubes and will not be able to bring you to the end and final destination. Uh, Mr. Guy, what is this place? Can you hear us? There's, oh, so you just yell out into the dark? <laughs> yeah. Hello? Are you a thing? Are you a thing? You hear your voice echo. So you know that this, this opening, this little crack in, in, the, in the rock face does go further underground. Do you think someone heard me? Yes, I do. I don't. I think we need to, to press on. We need to keep going. Okay. I, if anyone's nervous, I got some potato chips. <laughs> Stress eating. <laughs> I, just got, I just put some in my inventory. So you walk out into the cave, and it is dark. And after you walk out, the door of the train closes behind you, and it Woo. shoots back the way that you came from. You better turn on your floating lights. Which one of you has the floating lights? Me. All right. So, Mimi, you cast your dancing lights. You light up the area. So now Deb can see what the elves can see. And it's a small opening in the rock face, but it does look like it goes further underground. Her real name should be Deborah. (laughs) Just like Dave's real name is David. But we call him Dave and we call her Deb. But you can call me Deborah if you want. Or would it be Deborah? Deborah. (laughs) Definitely Deborah. Debbie. Debbie works too. All right. So we're in this scary, dark place. Right. So you start going through the cave. Start wandering underground some more. But I'm so dizzy. I'm just like. Oh, this is underground. Yep, we Somehow are. I imagine that we shot up. This mm-hmm. is even scarier. No, yeah, we are. We are underground. We have no idea how deep underground. Traveling for twenty minutes to get underground means we're really friggin' deep. Right. So you wander in through the cave, through the cracks in the bedrock and the dirt, way underground. And Mimi has cast her dancing lights to show you the way. And you do hear something coming from the dark. You hear, it sounds like footsteps. Guy, is that you? And he goes, Horsey? Guy, is that you? Horsey? And you turn the corner, and there is a fish-looking creature standing there. It's got a spear in its hand, and it's got a big, huge fish head and it's got arms and legs it's got like this teeny little ripped loincloth that it's wearing it looks it looks at you and it's, its eyes are real big and it goes guy if that's you wiggle your tail it, it doesn't wiggle its tail but this fish creature is wearing guy's pot on top of his head 